He's an Oscar-nominated producer and the man behind such projects as The Jinx, the famed HBO documentary about Robert Durst, and Catfish, the film and MTV series about people pretending to be who they aren't online. Now he set his sights on familiar territory with his new podcast, Crooked City, Youngstown, Ohio, which zeroes in on the city's often sordid history. That podcast is one of the top 10 in the world at the moment. And with us today is Mark Sperling, the man behind that podcast. Mark, thank you for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And Mark, I mean, you've carved out a reputation as being one of the uh, kings of true crime. Now, what did what attracted you to Youngstown? Kings of true crime, huh? Um, well, it actually was a very natural process. I had made another podcast called Crime Town about uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, and it's sort of the precursor to Crooked City, which is about Youngstown. And um, when I was looking to clear the name Crime Town, I was Googling around. I, I ran into David Grant's article in The New Republic uh, about Youngstown, Ohio, where it is basically called Crime Town, USA. Um, and I read that article. And I thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't be doing Providence. Maybe I should be doing Youngstown, Ohio, because of just the deep intermeshing of crime and corruption, organized crime and corruption in the city over many, many years. And a deep history of that. And just what are the most fascinating stories that you'll cover throughout this podcast? Well, I mean, there's a lot, you know, we go, the thing about Crooked City uh, and Crime Town is that it's, it, it follows personal narratives. So it follows people. And the people in this story interact and cross each other's paths, you know, everything from yeah, James Trafkin, the congressman, sheriff turned congressman, uh, Bob Croner, the FBI agent who uh, spent his life trying to uh, eradicate the mob from Youngstown and many, you know, ex wise guy mobster types, thieves and stuff like that, that touch each other along the way. So some of the stories is, you know, Emil Dinzio and Phil Christopher tell us the story of their heist. Uh, they went after Nixon's money in Laguna Niguel, California. That's not a Youngstown story, but it's it's two guys from the area who, you know, who had done a lot of heists around here and who were also connected with Lenny Strollo and the mob. Um, and then there's Bob Croner's personal story uh, coming here, not really knowing what he was getting into as an FBI, young FBI agent who used to be a math teacher um, and um, and then making it his life's work to to clean up the city. Uh, I think Paul Gaines' story, which is well known in Youngstown, but not necessarily well known beyond, is an incredible story. Um, the county prosecutor who was shot uh, by Mark Bacho, who's also in the podcast. Um, um, we have the uh, amazing story of the bread box tapes. If you're a Youngstown person, you might remember that, um, where uh, James Trafkin, a sheriff, when he was running for sheriff, um, was recorded by the Carabia brothers who ran the Cleveland faction of the mob in Youngstown and was uh, basically taking bribes from both the Naples and uh, and uh, Briar Hill, Jimmy Prado and the Carabia brothers. So and that in a, in a uh, incredible story, which is, you know, him going to court and representing himself in a federal court against racketeering charges. Well, in a deep history um, at I mean, that. It's and crazy. <laughs> It's a crazy history. 
and you you kind of touched on it. I was going to ask you who were some of those in, you know who were some of those interview subjects. I know you talked about some personal accounts, but who were just some of those interview subjects? Well, Bob Croner was the first person I reached out to. He had never spoken about. I think he had spoken to David Grant about it. He's in that article, but um, I let him listen to Crime Town, and and he decided to participate. Once he 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 started, he was really in. I think we did three or four sessions together. And he had a just a vast knowledge of uh, of the city and all the players. I met with Lenny Strollo as a good sidebar story uh, and his lawyer. Um, and we sat and I was very uh, surprised to find him uh, talkative and funny and uh, and, you know, very upbeat ex mob boss who had gotten jammed up uh, and did 10 years in prison. Unfortunately, he died before we recorded the uh, the interview. Uh, we spoke to um, Artie Saramelli of United Music, Youngstown United Music, who took over Youngstown United Music after uh, after after Ernie Biandillo died. Uh, we talked to Frankie Susani, Emil Dinzio. Um, we talked to a lot of other FBI agents, Richard Denholm, who ran the corruption case against the second corruption case against uh, Trafficant when he was in Congress. We talked to a few of Trafficant's um, chief of staffs um, who are extremely open with us. And I mean, it, it really, this whole show depends on these personal narratives and people were really willing to talk about these things. The distance in time. I think, as well as just um, wanting to tell their stories. Very intriguing. When you put that into perspective, what's just your overall takeaway of the people of Youngstown and how did a city like this come to have uh, such a reputation? Well, I have a great affection for the people of Youngstown. I don't think that they're necessarily all corrupt or in organized crime, obviously. I spent a lot of time there at the, you know, went to the Mahoning Valley uh, restaurant, you know, and almost, you know, twice a week and went to local pubs and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, I really feel like Youngstown did get a bum rap when the steel mills closed. And um, the one thing that I think held the city back was this organized crime infiltration and corruption. And unfortunately, you know, over a period of time, when other cities like Providence, who had a very similar problem when the fabric mills closed, uh, Providence had these colleges and they were able to renovate downtown and it's become a real, a real vibrant city again. Um, Youngstown is, has been delayed. Everything sort of happened slower in Youngstown. You know, um, Lenny Stroll only fell, you know, after 2000, you know, it's things have happened at a much slower pace. And, um, and there hasn't been a lot of investment in the city outside of uh, the university, which is a bright shining star at the center of everything. So, you know, I think Youngstown's got a challenge. You know, they've got to find a way to renovate and, and rejuvenate the city. And I think that's through young people. There's a whole campus of them up at Youngstown uh, University. So, you know, there's a possibility of trying to keep those people in Youngstown or in the Youngstown area um, and try to, try to you know, we live in a now a, a gig community, right? You can work from home. There's great homes to buy in Youngstown. They're very reasonably priced. There's all kinds of reasons to, to live there. And I'm hoping that, you know, that the organized crime and corruption is a thing of the past. Of course. And for a second, let's bring evolution and politics together in a way. And there was a time where it seemed 
like a place only a place like Youngstown could someone as eccentric as Jim Trafficant uh, could be elected to Congress over and over again. Um, but I'm sure it's not lost on you how many now see him as a precursor to someone like a Donald Trump, for instance, on the national stage. Um, what's the broader societal impact of Trafficant's legacy, not only for Youngstown, but across the country? Well, you certainly have been listening because the whole podcast leads right to the doorstep of Trump's visit to Youngstown, Ohio, after he was elected, where he promised to you know, keep the GM plant open and bring back the steel mills, which was always an empty promise made by a lot of politicians. Um, and uh, I think Trump, you know, it could be said Trump went to school on James Trafkin. Um, he used a lot of his tactics. Uh, I mean, James Trafkin was the first time I heard, you know, let's put America first, America first, that whole rhetoric. Uh, he was the first person who wanted to close the borders that I heard about. Uh, he was somebody who, you know, sort of railed against, uh, you know, foreign sending, you know, companies sending their 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 lines over abroad. Uh, he wanted to build tariffs against that. Um, he was very much pre-Trump Trump. You know, he was talking the talk and trying to walk the walk in Congress, you know, and, and you know, he the thing that Trump and James Trafficking did, which is unfortunate, is that they, because I, I have a, also affection for James Trafficking, but they they use division, d- dividing people as a political tool. You know, they really fed to the anger of blue collar workers who had lost their jobs. They promised to bring those jobs back, which was always an empty promise. Um, and they they sort of stoked the fires of those angers, uh, which is some of that, that anger. And that's something we're living with today. And moving beyond that reputation, um, there are many efforts to move this city forward, just as you alluded to, um, you know, pass a lot of this history, a revitalized downtown, a focus on advanced technology at YSU, like you said, was really kind of um, a starting point there and other places, a downtown amphitheater, uh, close proximity to the electric vehicle industry. Uh, do you see history being a hindrance to those efforts? Unfortunately, I do. You know, I think that Youngstown has a reputation and it's going to take young people. Like, here's a good example. And if you listen to the podcast, when you go to uh, the Royal Oak, you know, and it's like a certain night of the week, you'll see a lot of college kids there, you know, and the place will be kind of humming with youth. And, you know, I'm sure they're talking about their futures and they're talking about what comes next in their lives. But in the on the on the back bar, there's a little portrait of James Traffic. And I don't know if you've ever seen it with a little little, um, you know, halo above his head. And I hope that, you know, young people will embrace the city and that portrait will become something that people are like, who's that? You know, and we can kind of leave this idea uh, behind that Youngstown is a is a corrupt place where everybody has to pay to play. Of course. And what would you say to anyone who may feel that, you know, putting such a focus on the negative aspects give an unfair impression of the city today? Um, I would say that the podcast itself leads to a, a brighter future. Uh, but also, I would say we can't ignore our history. Uh, you know, uh, we might repeat it, you know, so it's important for us to embrace our history, to study it, to understand it so that we can put it in perspective and leave it behind. 
Otherwise, you don't really know what you're talking about, right? You can't really talk about how corruption infiltrates a city like Providence or Detroit or Youngstown. There's many cities beyond Youngstown. I mean, there's little cities, big cities, you know. Um, cities are ripe for corruption. Um, and uh, the way it infiltrates is is sort of uh, systemic. You know, it's it become it's like a disease. And if we don't study the disease, we can't eradicate it. And of course, there's plenty of good information to pick up on the podcast. But if you were to pick out probably one of the more fascinating things you've learned while doing this in the process of this, uh, what would that be? Well, I guess um, for me, you know, even though there was a mob in Providence, Rhode Island, in Boston, the New England mob, it was incredible to me. And this, the podcast has a little of the congressional hearings in it, the Cleveland-Pittsburgh factions fighting over this very lucrative gambling trade in Youngstown. It was kind of incredible to me how much the mob was able to infiltrate government. I mean, it was it was everywhere. And that wasn't the case necessarily in all of Providence, Rhode Island. You know, but in Youngstown, it seemed to infiltrate every aspect of life. And you have these periods of time where these mob wars are going on, the 70s and the 60s, where car bombs are happening, other bombs are happening, people are being killed. It's almost part of the culture. And we found these interviews with people from back then talking about it with, with the news stations. And they sort of like, you know, take it as, as, you know, that's the way it is. You know, that was fascinating to me. Well, Mark, you are a walking encyclopedia. I appreciate you taking the time and definitely a wealth of knowledge. And I just give people an idea on how they can listen to the podcast. Oh, you want me to give an idea of how you listen? Yeah. To it? yeah. Where you get your podcast, you know, I actually Cleveland scene is um, doing a partnership with us. So if you go to the Cleveland scene website, you could write on the, on the front of the website, there's a player and you can play the podcast there. If you don't understand how to get a podcast on your phone, a lot of older people that haven't, you know, dove into podcasts yet. So you can go to clevelandscene.com. Um, but also you can, you can get it on your, your phone. You can plug it into your car radio. You can car play it. You know, it's on, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple podcasts. It's everywhere you can get your podcasts. Well, Mark, thank you again. And, be sure to catch all those episodes, like you said, at Cleveland Scene, or uh, you can download it on your phone. Mark, any anything you'd like to add? No, I, I just want to thank the people of Youngstown for having us and opening up for us. And, and I want them to embrace this as much as, as we, we do in making it. We, we really enjoyed the process and being there.